welcome back to the Orient Outlook podcast, proudly sponsored by AJF Plastering for another season with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, the quite simply beautiful Mr. Paul Levy. Too much. Too much. Hello Never everybody enough. and welcome back. This is episode number 214. It feels good to be back recording and talking about Orient. We're in pre-season mode now so um, couldn't be happier. Thanks to everyone who uh, listened to episode 213. That was back in mid-June so it's been a couple of months since we've podcasted. In case you missed it, we also did an interview with Ginger Pele, Matt Harold, uh, also back in June. Seems like such a long time ago now, but they are all uh, they're all available on whatever podcast platform you happen to listen to or to favour. This week we've got a roundup since mid June, including a short review of yesterday's first preseason game. We've also got an exclusive interview with Josh Wright, who speaks brilliantly and very favourably uh, about the club. I'm looking forward to listening to that because I've not heard it yet. And congratulations to Josh Wright on making his Orient Outlook podcast long, long, long awaited debut. So a massive thank you to Josh. And like I said, you've done the interview and you've said it's great and I can't wait oh, to hear brilliant. it. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, you ask a question and he he just talks and it's an interviewer's dream really. Amazing. You know, he's not like, yeah, that, da, 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 done, next question and, and like done in two minutes. It's a good 20 minute chat with him so yeah no can't wait for you all to hear that but first of all we're sat here a new season new shirts so which we don't normally always well I usually do alternate home and away so I've gone away this year so Paul is wearing the lovely the beautiful oh, black haven love it. house top he looks splendid we'll definitely take a picture to post at some point uh, in the week I'm wearing the braces the looks lovely good. mind beautiful um, braces shirt no red shirt on show today I have got it upstairs I've got to be honest I'm not too keen on it the neck doesn't suit me at all and I'm not sure what's going on with the neck on mine it's a round v-necky collar not for me I've got it I'm not going to wear it much the braces I'm in love with I love the black one um, but for me I'm just happy you're to not be keen on it. that faux button space on it are you on the on the home one I mean I didn't get it because I'm, I thought it was a bit plain to be honest I, you know, sponsorship aside, I mean, I, I just love the black. It looks really good. It looks very good on you. I hope it looks ha- half as good as me. Right, it looks twice as good. And what it looks on you. But we've seen some amazing photos of Orient fans in their new shirts. It'd be great to finally get back into the stadium and see everyone in their new shirts, in their new training gear, in their new garments. The shirts do look great. They do. And I think you'll see an awful lot more people this season in shirts compared to any other previous season. Yeah. I think for that we have to commend the work of everyone at the club and well done to Danny Macklin who had that idea in the shower. So more fantastic yeah. shower ideas from Mr <laughs> Macklin. I have to say I don't think about Harry Kane in the shower but you know <laughs> he's <to> there, <laughs> Absolutely. So I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast but we are proud to be sponsored by HF Plastering. They have renewed for the forthcoming season. We are delighted about that. And you must know this by now that AJF Plastering are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. They specialise in silicone colour render systems. And if you do not know this, you must be living on a different planet or have yeah. never been on Twitter in your life. 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. And James Dayton has taken advantage of this. Steve Embleton has taken advantage yeah. of this. 
Paul Skinner in the last week has taken advantage of this. There's so many fans who have commented about how good his deals are. So if you need any plastering or rendering work done, get in contact with Adam. You can email him at ajfplastering.com or you can at visit him at outlook.com. You can visit him on Facebook at ajfplastering or you must have noticed again, he's on Twitter at Big Ads. L-O-F-C. So once again, we are very happy to be sponsored by AJF Delighted to have Adam and the team on board next year. We've got a couple of other fantastic sponsorship packages. So if you've um, if you've got your own business or, or work in a business and uh, looking to get some outstanding exposure to new customers, I'm, I'm sure and confident Adam will stand testament to the uh, uptake uh, in business that, that people have, have have gone to him for um, we, we, we're also uh, able to offer two packages one's our social media sponsor that means that you'll get mentioned in our bios for Twitter Instagram and Facebook you get monthly mentions in social media posts and also you get mentioned every week in the podcast uh, and we're also looking for a prediction league sponsor uh, you get mentioned in the pre-match tweet inviting uh, predictions as well as your company logo uh, in the picture so if you don't know by now we we do every uh, every game we do uh, a prediction league so you, you tell us what you think the score is going to be so you, your, your company name will go out in that tweet you'll go out in the post-match tweet on everybody who's got it right and look there's going to be a couple of couple of months a few months where there's going to be two games a week so you're going to get even greater exposure to that um, and also a mention in the podcast so if you're looking to get a bit more exposure get in touch with us you can dm us on twitter we're at orient outlook or you can email us orient outlook at outlook.com we look forward to hearing from you and welcoming you into the fold yeah nicely done two fantastic opportunities there for sponsorship so at this point we would normally do a supporters club update but as you all know we do not have any away games um to kind of plug to tell you about but we do have a message from karen harrison at the supporters club and here is the message karen harrison here late Orient supporters club hope everyone's keeping safe and well unfortunately at the moment where supporters are still unable to attend football matches and there are strict restrictions in place for drinking in public places. Sadly, the supporters club will not be in a position to open for a while. Therefore, we are asking our existing members to retain their membership cards from the 1920 season. And should we be able to open, the committee are currently giving consideration to waiving the membership fee for existing members for the forthcoming season, whilst being in the predicament of not knowing if we will be able to open at all. We do not feel it is right to take your membership fees at the moment. As you know, we are very proud at Supporters Club to be able to step up and help the club in their hour of need and make substantial donations of which your membership fees make up a very large chunk. It has been suggested by a number of the membership I have spoken to about this that they still seem keen to pay their dues as such. Therefore, if we were to go down this route of offering a free season, we would not stop people wanting to give us money we would be mad to do so wouldn't we so any donations people wish to make would be more than welcome therefore at this moment in time sadly i'm reporting that the membership to the supporters club is currently closed anyway for now all we can do is hope that supporters can get back into stadiums sooner rather than later and we can assure you that we will open as soon as we are in a position to do so and it is safe for everybody Keep safe, everyone, and up the O's. 
Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for that, uh, Kerry. That was rather insightful, actually. It's, I think it goes without saying that the supporters' club, if we can't get into the stadium, we're not going to be able to go in the supporters' club. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a watch that space situation uh, that, that's going to evolve there. So let's round up then from what's happened over the last couple of months. And we'll start, we're not going to do every single day because nothing happened on every, something didn't happen on every single day. But for those that did, we're going to start off with Thursday, the 2nd of July. And the club announced that Captain Joby McEnough has signed a new one-year contract extension. Ross Embleton was quoted as saying, he's been at the club since I came back and we all know what an inspiration he is on the pitch. We lost his impact on the pitch last year because Joby brings a real calmness and quality to our play. His expertise, the way that he sees the game, it's a real asset to have as a head coach. Yeah, Ross went on to finish his quote by saying, even more than that, he gives me so much in the coaching role. He was a real support to me last year. We've brought up a great relationship and I'm delighted to see him stay another year. Joby also went on record and he said, I'm feeling good. Last year, as everyone knows, was frustrating. I've worked really hard to get back to playing and I've got a lot of work again to get to the level I want to get to. I don't just want to be a bit part or be here for the ride. I want to contribute. That's a big, big thing for me. I'm absolutely delighted to get it all done and stay at the club for at least another year. Yeah, amazing. I didn't think this was ever going to happen, to be honest with you, but I'm pleased it's this now This wasn't official. ever going to happen. This wasn't ever going to not... Ha- Sorry, let me say that again. I didn't think this wasn't not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I always thought... I put, put that even simpler. I always thought he was yeah. going to sign. It was probably the most simplistic <laughs> way uh, of doing that. And I'm pleased it's now official. Look forward to seeing him back out there and helping us push on. I think, you know, he'd be keen to right the wrongs of last season where he was out injured and, and he came back and, you know, played that one game before we went into lockdown. Mm. So, yeah... Be good to see him back. See yeah. what happens. Again, it seems like a very positive move for the club. Clearly, Joby is a huge influence in the dressing room. I mean, everyone speaks so highly of him. Be interesting to see what his role is as the season goes on and on. At the moment, it looks like he's going to be focused on playing. Playing, yeah. But you know, he ain't going to be able to play every single game. Ross has said that not all the players are going to be able to. That, you know, just simply not because you're going to be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, well, Tuesday. So there's going to be rotation. Well, he's 38 years old. You're not. You're not going to get a full season out exactly. of him as a 38 year old. So you know, it'd be his head might want to, but his body might have other Absolutely. ideas. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if he, you know, focuses on the playing and shifts over to coaching or or how that will work. But either way, good to have him at the club. Yeah, we had a, a number of tweets that came in after that. A couple of them that we've got here. Wadsey said, uh, what fantastic news in this prolonged period of doom and gloom. A huge ray of light and positivity. A great ambassador for the club, both on and off the pitch. And still a hugely talented player and a real asset for another year. Looking forward to seeing you again soon, JB McEnough. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a tweet from Kevin Cowlin who said, absolutely fantastic news. I'm delighted. Joby is immense as a person, an ambassador for the club, a great mentor for the youngsters and is still a quality player. So for the most part, people very happy that Joby will be at Leighton for the next season. Indeed. Friday the 3rd of July, the club announced that young defender Shadrach Ogi had signed a new two-year contract. Uh, Shad said, I'm delighted. I started my professional career at this club and have really enjoyed my my two years here. Yeah, Ross said, he's an exciting prospect. Alone is an important part of a player's development and we all know what an unforgiving league the National League is. That's alluding to his loan spell at Dover. I mean, for me, I think it's very good news. I've not seen much of him in an orange shirt, but what I have seen, like we've discussed before, I think he was really good. That Southend game, he was really good. From what I hear, he'd done quite well at Dover. I mean, he scored an immense goal, didn't he? And he's defended well, kept a few clean sheets. So... 
great prospect. I think it probably is a season too early for him to be challenging. For first. I'd be surprised if he is named in the starting eleven on the 12th of September. Although stranger things have happened at Leighton Orient and it's not inconceivable. But I'd be surprised. I'd expect to see him in the squad for a few games here and there or maybe another loan to maybe a higher end National League team at the start of the season. Interesting. Yeah, securing Shad is an important part of his and the club's future, I think. I look forward to seeing him get more minutes over the next couple of years. But yeah, I don't think this year we'll see him making first-team appearances outside of maybe the Cup. But I can, can't help but think the club might target something like the Carabao Cup as a... Not that we don't treat it seriously, but actually give it a little bit more development through that desire to actually go further in that from an exposure perspective, and obviously from a revenue perspective, where we've lost so much, you're going to get not great, not masses from the EFL or from the Carabao. But I think usually, you know, you might well, yeah. I mean, it's funny we were saying something similar about Marvin Ekpeteta two years ago when he had Elikobi, Coulson, and Happy in front of him second game of the season and Kobe got injured and we all know what happened after Marvin stepped up so again football sometimes Joe didn't have a good season last year it's a funny so. game so you know we'll see what happens with Shadrach again a few tweets came in to us at Orient Outlook podcast towers at this Stew tweeted us and said I reckon he could seriously push for a starting spot next season it was great in that game against South End, which we were at also the Dover line probably done a world of good it did for all so good luck to Shad I mean that's a good point Rule yeah. came back in Dover and was ready, but obviously with what happened with COVID, Shad never came back when the season was still going on. So we don't know if he would have been ready when he came back. But mm. great point. Thank you for your tweet there, Stuart. Sunday the 4th of July, congratulations to goalkeeper Lawrence Vigaru, who popped the big question uh, and his partner said yes. So they're now in grace. So we wish you every congratulations. Well done to you both. Mazel tov to the Vigarus. So <laughs> Wednesday the 8th of July, the club announced that defender Marvin Ekpeteta had turned down numerous terms across the season and had signed for League One Blackpool. So Blackpool announced Marvin signed a two-year deal with the option of a one-year extension. Yeah, Marvin tweeted, he said, my time at the club has come to an end. I'd like to say a big thank you to my teammates coaches and all the staff at the club for the past two and a half years. I'd also like to say a big thank you to all the fans for their love and support from the day I joined. I wish you all the best. I think it's fair to say that this kind of divided the fan base, this move, yes, because so. of how he left and why he left and we didn't get a fee and obviously we didn't sell him and he ran out of contract. So let's go through our views on it first and then we got did get quite a lot of tweets which were quite good uh, and made a good point. So your views on the loss of Marvin Ekpeteta. So I'm not disappointed that Marvin's gone as he's gone to an established League One club. If he'd have done a, uh, an Ebu Adams and gone to a, a another, another, league another League Two club, then, then that would have been infuriating. But what I am disappointed about is the fact that last year he didn't sign a new contract that would have given us a fee, even a small one, as a thank you for helping him to have a career in the Football League. Because you remember, um, two and a half years ago, he was playing for East Thurrock, which is three, uh, which is two leagues below where we are now, three leagues below where he currently is now. Uh, from what I understand, he would have earned a lot more money this year too had he have signed. Um, and he also didn't really, if you cast your mind, but he didn't really set League Two alight. He made a number of mistakes and it kind of showed that he struggled a bit at this level. So could League One be a step too far? You know, going up three leagues in two and a half years with very little game time in the league below. 
don't know. I wish him all the best. Genuinely do. It just obviously rankles the claw a bit that he's he's, um, yeah, kind of not. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't got a fee, basically. I think yeah. that's, what, that's what's annoyed me a bit. It's an interesting one, isn't it, with Marv? I mean, for me, I think without sounding harsh to the club, if we'd been trying to get him to sign throughout the last season and the term said since November, when you get to Jan, do you go, he's not going to sign, he's not playing, should we just sell him? And we didn't. Do you know what I mean? You could, if the club had sold him, they go, look... We didn't want to lose him. He's not signed a new contract, so he's forced our hand to sell him rather than lose him for no money. I mean, you know, we know football doesn't work like any other business, so it's not a case of, oh, I'll stay here. You know, clubs are able to come in for you. There's football agents. Money is flying around uh, here and there. Heads are turned. I think the key for me was, if you looked at social media when he signed, especially Instagram, pretty much every player in the Orient squad wished Marvin the best of luck. There wasn't, no one said, oh, you know, no one's going to say anything negative. No, but okay, they're never going to do that. All the squad were like, "Congratulations on your move. You've deserved it. You've earned it." And that for me was the telling point that all his teammates were happy to see him move on to a higher league club. So why should I, as a supporter, go? No, you should have stayed. If his fellow professionals are all congrats, I mean, Joby, Josh, all of them, like all like the experienced pro heads. It wasn't just you know, the young guys going well done on your move. It was everyone. So I can't fought him for that he was sensational in our championship winning season he came up with a few vital goals in that season as well Wrexham at home springs to mind he always gave 100% when we interviewed him at the Starman Awards um, after that superb weekend he was a really nice guy I thought thought he was, his feet were on the ground I don't have a bad word to say about him I hope he smashes it in League One um, and if he has a good season in League One who knows where he might end up it's not inconceivable that he'll get a move to a to a championship club. But I think he'll start at Blackpool. Blackpool's scouting signings this season or this summer have all been League 2 key players. So they signed Yates, who was at Swindon last year. They signed, I can't remember the guy's name, another guy from Swindon, Anderson from Swindon, who ripped us apart at home. He scored two goals in our 3-0, 3-1 loss. That's a fantastic signing. They left signed CJ yeah, Hamilton. Cool. Mm. They're going after some, the best of the League 2 bunch. So, you know, they've obviously seen something in, in Marvin. So, yeah. fair play to him. Like I said, we had loads and loads of tweets on this one. It was a mixed reaction. Boatsy um, tweeted us all the way from Scotland. Ben, I hope you're well. He said, gutted to lose Marv. Also gutted he left on a free. Shame he didn't sign a one-year extension and be sold for a fee like Bon and Karoma. I mean, I think Bon isn't, is the exception to the rule where he could have gone and he signed a two-year deal like, with the kindness of his heart or knowing that he was probably going to get another 20 goals in that season. He said, look, I'll stay one more season, but I probably oh, am going to go off. agreement. That, that really, that is the exception to the rule. That doesn't happen. <coughs> I think we can't compare every footballer to Bond because that really happens in football. That's true, but there's nothing to stop him from doing it, having already oh, seen a colleague go in that same way. And what I forgot to mention in my in my comments was that, you know, in the WhatsApp group that I'm on with the guys that sit around us, they were also saying, should we have not just got rid of him at Christmas, yeah. January time? Interesting so, one. I mean, maybe no, no bid. Maybe, you know, clubs knew he was coming out of contract. And why, and why am I going to do why that? Why spend 50 yeah. grand in three months' time? I can get one for nothing, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan Alton, 2590, said, best of luck to him. Never begrudge any young talent with bags of potential and move up the league pyramid. Deserves a chance at that level. David Ricard 8, he said, it's a shame. He looked like he was just creating a good understanding with Dan Happy. I feel he needed another year at League 2. However, 
Sometimes you need to take that gamble. J-Boy triple, uh, double four, double four said, 20 games in League 2 does not make a National League player a League 1 player. We move on. Yeah, good point. At Big Ads, LOFC, our proud sponsor, said sometimes we need to accept we are a stepping stone in people's careers. Staff and players will use their time at Orient to show what they are capable of, which means they will get better offers elsewhere and move on to better their careers. Yeah, Orient Ballbag said good luck to him. Brilliant talent, can't blame him for taking this opportunity. My issue would be with the club, not the player. Got to keep these young players under contract. When bigger com- clubs come sniffing around, we can get a fee. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said players come and players go. If you look at the recent departures, it shows that the club must be doing something right whilst the player is at the club, as most of them have gone on to clubs in high divisions. We have or will get players to replace these departures. Trust the board. Billy Herring 03 said, Don't begrudge him the move to a higher league. Can't turn that down at 25, and he played a big part in... Get in us getting promoted. I think he's replaceable and struggled at times last season, so I don't think it's a huge loss. Keeping Satoru more important, in my opinion. More news on Ruelka. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point about replaceable. I would expect, and we'll, we'll cover this more in the next pre season podcast, yeah. I would expect centre back is probably the key position that Ross and Martin are looking at. Because you yeah. go, right, Satoru's signing, we'll come on to that later. Forward you cover for. Vigoru Sargent are your two keepers, yeah. pretty much. You, you could argue full-backs maybe you need to look at, but your centre-backs, you go, you've only really got Happy and Coulson as established centre-backs. I know Willow, I know, yeah, of course, Turley. I know Widowson can play there and has played Shadrach there. Can play I know there. Shadrach can, but you think you probably need two, yeah. one more head to come in instead. You go centre-mid's probably covered in terms of who you've got there, especially signing Oos. Yeah. Um, and the wings are covered but you look at centre back and you go there's probably that's probably the key place where you need one more real talent yeah. to come in but again we'll come on to that at a further podcast good point though from Billy Gould Howard so I've got to say what a class man is Marv a massive thank you for all your efforts off the field and in our community always a total pro with a big smile wishing you the best of luck in your career Hashtag top man. And again, Howard worked closely at the club. Nothing but kind of words to say about Marv. Yeah, it's a fair comment. You know. London underscore nut said he'll always be in the LOFC Hall of Fame as one of the players that got us promoted as champions. He saw out his contract and has earned his move. Good luck to the lad. Yeah, that's all there is left to say on Marvin. So yeah. it's Tuesday, the 14th of July, and it was six years today we recorded the first episode of the Orient Outlook podcast. Happy birthday, my love. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, but that wasn't the only news, as in the afternoon, the club announced that ex-Wickham player and Barnet first team coach Danny Sender would be Ross's assistant head coach. Danny said, I'm incredibly excited, and since I took the first phone call, it was something I didn't need to think about. I wanted to be a part of it. I'm a, I'm a player's coach, really. I like to create relationships as quickly as I can and help as many individuals as I can and ultimately be there to support them. As coaches, we're there to help them. Yeah, very good quote there. Ross said it was the perfect time to recruit and bring someone in and for a crucial position. With myself having a real focus on the training pitch and delivering sessions every day, I needed to be able to step back and remove myself from that. Looking at Danny's skills and expertise... And the kind of character he is, I felt he was the perfect candidate to come in and help me and help the squad improve. So, you know, Ross, that's what Ross used to do for Justin. Right. Justin used to take a step back from the training mm-hmm. field to go and deal with the other issues in mm-hmm. the club and let Ross take over. Ross is now the man, and I think we make a comment alluding to this much later in the podcast after the Reading game, but 
Ross is now the manager, so he can't do what he was doing under Correct. Justin. And that is what Danny has been brought, brought in to for. Do. So, yeah, Ross's, repl- Ross's replacement. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, don't know much about Danny. I vaguely remember his name as a player, um, but nothing sort of particularly stand out for me, and that's, that's no disrespect in any way intended there. I know Ross went through a very thorough process as he wanted to get the right character as well as the, as well as the right skills and knowledge from his number two so wish him every success with us and, and hopefully he can bring something different and I think from what what Danny said in his interviews um, is the fact that he has come in with a fresh set of eyes Absolutely. that he's not looked at videos he hasn't done research and background he's looked at the squad and seen where he thinks that they he can help them improve which I think you know to get a fresh set of eyes from the outside in very good brilliant. point very good point whereas yeah Ross Dean Matt they all know these players as people. They've experienced the highest highs and the lowest lows with them. For Sender, it's a, someone who Fresh. hasn't had yep. that experience. Yeah, very good point. Same as you in terms of, I've heard of him. I remember him from like Championship Manager. He was a good player on Championship Manager or right. one of those football games, but don't know actually much about his career. I mean, it, my only kind of concern would be you look at that bench and you go, where's, where's the guy who's been coaching or managing league football for the last 15, 20 years. It's just that lack of experience on the bench, potentially. I mean, and you know, coach, it's a coaching staff. Yeah, it's yeah. a very young coaching staff. But, you know, there's a lot of clubs doing that these now, days. And I think yeah. the days of getting... The old merry-go-round the old school, names yeah. isn't happening anymore. Yeah, I'm happen. pleased to see Yeah, that. I mean, look at Southend. You know, they, there's probably names that Southend could have appointed. Again, they've gone for someone from a few leagues below... Um, so I mean that could be the way. Is it the we- um, Weymouth. The Weymouth man. Yeah. Weymouth so guy, right. You know, and that's right. Look, these all these old names, these old dogs that just keep going around and falling into jobs. It's just it doesn't work. Otherwise, they'd have been in their jobs for longer than six months or a year. Yeah. Try someone new, fresh approach. If it doesn't work, then <laughs> you know further backwards, really, because it might not have worked with an experience. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean, so we wish Danny <clears throat> all the best. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be too long until he makes his debut at some point over or in Outlook podcast towers yeah fingers crossed um, Wednesday the 15th of July happy 54th birthday to O's director of football Martin Ling yeah I hope you had a good one Mr Ling and it was 31 years ago to the day that Laurie Cunningham passed away ahead of our match also on this day ahead of our match against Arsenal Premier League champions Liverpool trained at the home of football uh, that's right Brisbane Road not Wembley um, sadly Liverpool went on to lose that 2-1 so yeah. hopefully that's not we're not our stadium's not a bock for them. So. Second time they've done it, isn't it? Yeah. So they trained there before the West Ham game. That I think they won. I presume they beat West Ham or West Ham. I <laughs> thought that. I'd like to think. I'd like to hope so. Yeah. So again, a good relationship there. Klopp back at Brisbane Road. Um, yeah, nice to see him there. So Thursday, the sixteenth of July, it was the news we all wanted to hear as the club announced that King Usise had signed a two-year deal with the O's and tweeted the news with a brilliant reveal video. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we're all delighted by this. He brought a steal to our midfield that uh, we'd really missed. I really couldn't be happier that Ross got him to sign with us. On social media, his signing was also really well received, with everyone commenting on how pleased they were with his signing. And when you consider the names that he was being, the clubs that he was being associated with, a lot bigger than us. So that's a bit of a coup. That so Lawrence Vigaru and Usise all had options higher up the pyramid, if you like, and they opted to stay with us I think that speaks volumes yeah like we said I think at the end of the season roundup made a massive difference when he came and he hadn't been playing that much football when he came so now we get a pre-season with him he gets to settle in with the boys I think it'll be a key 
key player for Leon Orient in this upcoming season. I hope we haven't seen the best of him. You love a defensive midfielder, don't you? My favourite position. <laughs> but I hope we haven't seen it. And what I mean by that is him playing with us on loan, playing he for, was a playing contract, for a contract, and then he's going to take his foot. I'm sure he's... And that's not to be disrespectful about professionalism, but it's kind of like... It's like, oh, I've got that contract, and that one or two percent drops, and you kind of get the average. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I love him, so I'm not being horrible. I'm not being disrespectful to him because I love Ouse, but I'm just saying I hope we haven't seen the best of him, and I hope that we see more. No, I mean, I think if, you know what I mean? if that was true, the, the clubs he were linked with, I think the biggest club that I saw him linked with were Bolton. And when I saw that, I thought, we're going to struggle then. If it's a choice of Bolton Wanderers and Leighton Orient, nine times out of ten, the player's going to Bolton all day long. So if that was true, it's amazing that he signed for us. And like I said, I think he's going to be a big, big player for us. We wish him the best of luck. So Absolutely. welcome to, back to Orient Kings. Absolutely. Saturday the 18th of July then, our front of shirt sponsor Harry Kane and his wife announced that they're expecting their third child and we send our hearty congratulations to them. I think he revealed it's going to be a boy, I think. Yeah, he did. He's got like, two girls at the minute. It was so. like on a penalty I think he was just going to keep trying, wasn't he? <laughs> Until he got a boy, yeah. You can do that if you're a multi-millionaire, if you've a, 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 got two girls and you live with a, a house in Loughton and you're not on 100 grand a week, then you probably don't have that... Um, <laughs> That option, like, yeah. That's, that's a different podcast. The club announced that all COVID-19 test results the players had before the start of pre-season training had come back negative, so pre-season training was all clear to start immediately. And interestingly, started a week before most League 2 clubs had reported back. I, I looked at that at the time and thought, that's early. Because at this point, you didn't even know when the season was starting. It hadn't yeah. even been announced. Well, that's good. That's really really early so I was pleasantly surprised by that news mm, agree with you on that Monday the 20th of July then the first team were back in pre-season training uh, but this day won't be remembered for that it will be remembered f- uh, as the day that Martin Ling told the official website that young striker Ruel Satoru had not turned up for training and had been refusing to sign a new contract since November which caused a huge reaction on social media more on Ruel coming later yeah I mean that we got loads and loads of tweets about that I mean the situation as you know if you're listening to this has been resolved so it's not worth going back because Correct. that's all old yeah. ground and a lot, most of the tweets aren't relevant and we'll have a lot more tweets on Raw later but at that time on that day you're like well mm. he's gone mm. like you will not see Raw Saturi again because it's strange to do that right? Right? Sure. Well, you they can't don't f- normally come and out the player do they you yeah. kind of thought they were kind of forcing his hand a bit to go right you need to come back or we've let it be known that the problem is with you it's not with the club it's you very you, clever it's your problem so I, I thought it was a clever move putting it on the agent yeah. and, and, and rules advisors absolutely and, yeah, and I think that's a smart move well I think that's a really smart move we can sit here and say it's worked well because we know how it, the story ends the story yeah. ends yeah so yeah. well played there to, to the guys at the club so yeah. Thursday the 23rd of July and again, there's some things that I always thought I'd be talking about on a football podcast, and there's some things that I never thought I'd be talking about on a football podcast. And one of the things I thought I would never be talking about is Celebrity MasterChef. But here we are, my good friend, talking about it. I don't watch it. I'll be honest. I don't watch MasterChef. I just don't have the time to. I did to do that pre kids, but it, it's a big commitment. It's like four times a week. Great program. Is it really cooking. four times a week? It's a, it's a big, big commitment, and they're like an hour, an hour and a half. But it's it's engaging anyway. If you do watch Celebrity MasterChef, or if you don't, Orient were featured heavily on it on this day. The celebrities in their quarter-final cooked 
for the players and staff, which was filmed before the COVID-19 outbreak. I mean, it was amazing to watch. Great publicity for the club. I mean, this is going out at prime time, BBC One, 8 o'clock. I think the O's part was featured between half 8 and 8.45, like the key part. Great exposure from the club. Most players clearly seen on it. You know, you had Ross talking to the camera. You had Ken talking to the camera. Because um, it was filmed in March, yeah. pre-lockdown. Yeah, Joe yeah. Woodowson, one of the highlights, saying the rice on his curry was underdone. And then the curry being tasted by Greg uh, and John. Was, yeah. And said... It was perfect. So, when I said, don't know what you're talking about, mate. Matt Harold <laughs> coming across as a serious food connoisseur. I mean, Matt Harold, he's always got that sarky look on his face. He looked like he was about to crack up after he was interviewed, but he made good points. Great, great exposure for late night. But if you thought that was surprising or you thought we'd never be talking about MasterChef, then you better strap yourself in because we're about to talk about one player who I never thought we'd be talking about on the Orient Outlook podcast. I thought if we did, we'd be talking about a hat trick for him against yeah. Lagan Orient. Absolutely, it was on my wife's birthday as well. Actually, and the club sent social media into meltdown when they published pictures of Yaya Toure. Yeah, I'll say that again: Yaya Toure in an O's training top at the training ground to leave many fans wondering if the impossible could happen, as it was revealed that Yaya was training at Orient to help build up his fitness. So when I first saw that tweet, and not knowing what Yaya Toure looks like off the top of my head. Because like, I don't support Man City, obviously, or Barca. I was like, is that actually Yaya Torre? Or have they just got like a lookalike in, in an orange shirt? Because what is Yaya Torre doing at the training ground? Because like, you just wouldn't expect anyone Correct. with that pedigree to be in a rethink top on the training ground at 10am on a Friday morning completely out of the blue great exposure for that sponsor well done Simon Simon must have been very happy and also the MasterChef exposure as well um, but you're thinking this couldn't happen like he must be training and then he goes on the official club website yeah. gives an interview and is asked the question and he doesn't say no to joining doesn't say yes immediately but doesn't go, no, I'm definitely not joining. He kind of goes, oh, you know, the lads have been great, club's great. Um, and then when asked, he kind of just goes, oh, yeah, you know, we'll see. And gives a cheeky smile. And as an, or- as an Orient fan, you're sitting there going, there's no way, like, could this actually... I mean, no. we, we sat here under different circumstances five years ago and Kevin Nolan was training. We went, there's no way Kevin Nolan's coming out of the Premiership to come come and sign a playing contract or any kind of contract with Leighton Orient and then three weeks later he's signed. That's a very good that, point. That obviously is, this is the next yes, level of calibre of player, level. right? Or next two levels of calibre of player considering he never played international. But but yeah, I mean, I would love to see it. I think Absolutely following not. Ross's interview earlier in the week, the IR's not been training with Orient for the last week. There's a few family issues to what Ross alluded to. So it looks like it's gone a bit cold on that one. Again, we know well enough from sitting here at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers to never say never. However, it looks highly doubtful. But how much... Could you imagine what that would do for the exposure of Leighton Orient as a football club? That would be amazing, but then you're going to get every player, every midfielder up in their game. Yeah, but so would our, midfiel- so would our midfielders, though, yeah, up true. in their game around him. It'd be like playing like their World Cup final. It's like going back to National League um, commonalities again where like they're coming to a massive stadium and they're just going to up their game. But then Usise plays in a similar position, so you can have two DMs in. How would you play Us? Where would you, you, could, you, could play with two, you can play with two defensive midfielders if nah, you need to. I, I mean, because you know. then you're losing creativity. Anyway, 
it's not going to happen, so don't let this go to your head. Um, what it has done, I think, is inspire the players and maybe bring out an extra one, two, three, a few percent uh, of effort and endeavour that maybe you wouldn't have got before in the training field. Um, so it's a win-win for all parties. Um, and I think also that his um, knowledge will be able to be passed on to the players if they've got any questions or how did you deal with such and such or... You know, Ross, as I think, has mentioned in, in interviews where he said X, Y, he's, he's mentioned something and Anous has come back and said, oh, yeah, well, when I did it under Pep or when I did it under Roberto Mancini or this, that or the other, that we did this and da da, da. And he's added a lot more, not a lot more, he's added a bit more meat to the bone of what Ross has actually sort of put out there. So um, big question for me is why has he come to Orient? Why not Why not like a, a championship well, I mean, I mean, that's the, stroke? That's the stroke. Although they were still in their season. Even though he's in East London, you would have thought he could have knocked on West Ham's door. He's living in northwest London. You, you would have thought he could have knocked on West Ham's door if he wanted to be East London, and they probably would have welcomed him with open arms. Or, but True. Amazing, amazing for late night. But imagine being... Craig Clay, Usise, Josh Wright, and Roscoe, sit down, boys. I've got something to tell you now. He could have gone to Arsenal. Yaya Toure is going to be training with you. Imagine the impact on everyone and the youth team players as well. Going, Yaya Toure is training. Yeah, we all missed out on that. And like like you said, like a massive, massive point there. So, (laughs) didn't they? Amazing. Well, we'll see what happens with Yaya Toure. Hopefully, this isn't the end of Yaya Toure's late in Orient journey. So, Saturday, the twenty fifth of July, we wish James Brophy a happy twenty sixth birthday. Wednesday the 29th of July, head coach Ross Embleton gave an update on the Ruel Satorio situation on the club's YouTube channel as he revealed that Ruel was back training with the O's. He said, we're pleased we've got him in. I think for everybody involved, it's important that Ruel is back and in this environment. I think it's important right now. And he knows that. We want Ruel to sign here. We want Ruel to play here. He's obviously got to want to sign here and the circumstances have got to be right by him. But... He has been a player at this club for a very long time. Yeah, so the real saga, I guess you could call it, dragging on, but sounded a little bit more positive yep. at this point. So Saturday, the 1st of August, and there was a training match with the O squad <coughs> at Brisbane Road as it was Blues against Reds, which finished one all. as Connor Wilkinson put the Blues ahead only for JMD to equalise with a pretty decent free kick, actually. No chance for Sargent. Yeah, it was a good free kick. In the goal. Yaya did not feature no, one. he was meant to, but I'm not surprised he. Well, sorry, I'm surprised he didn't because he was meant to. Yeah, um, I think that was. But again, he he's not contracted to us, so he's not obliged to. Tuesday, the fourth of August, happy 26th birthday to Lee Angle. Yeah, so moving on into Thursday, the sixth of August, and the club announced that the ginger Pele Matt Harold, friend of the podcast now, I think we can Absolutely. say after that amazing interview, who's joined Ross's backroom staff, where he will blend first team coaching along with opposition. Scouting. Yeah, Matt said, I'm really excited. This is an unbelievable opportunity. I'm really happy to learn from being involved in a first team coaching environment. We've got a really good group of staff, and I'm looking forward to adding to that where I can use my experience. Yeah, Ross said, It's a great thing for us. There's been a real continuation of bringing good people into the football club since the takeover in 2017. Matty has always had a good attitude that he brings to the group to drive people on and we will get that from him in his new role. So for me, massive opportunity for Matt. Um, big personality to have around. Reminds me of Danny Webb, like in terms of like his overall like... Cheeky, cheeky Essex lad. Essex lad, yeah. kind of. I'd expect him to be obviously, you know, focusing with the forwards for the most part, but it's a 
great opportunity for him. And like he said in an interview, he actually managed Crawley on a caretaker basis. So he has got some experience in a coaching role. UEFA B, studying for UEFA A, I believe. Yeah, and you know, so he's got his coaching badge. Amazing opportunity for him. So all we can do here is wish him the best of luck. Yeah, uh, for me, good to see Ross putting his own backroom team together. Matt played an important role as part of the squad for Lark for the last couple of seasons, so his knowledge will be invaluable to the strikers. He's quite, he, I think he's quite the personality in the dressing room, apparently, but obviously well, Matt, have, Matt, Matt Harold, he's going to have to take a step away from that to an extent now um, and, and become Coach Harold rather than um, teammate. But um, again, he's a sensible guy and he'll work out how that works. Yeah, so congratulations to Matt. So moving on into Friday the 7th of August and it was announced that clubs in League 1 and League 2 have voted for the introduction of new financial controls in the form of squad salary caps into their respective divisions which take effect immediately with the club voting in favour of the salary cap. So no surprise for me there, they've voted in favour, knowing Nigel and Kent and the way they've spoken about the finance in football. Something's got to change here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because you can't keep having situations and circumstances where clubs are bankrolled by uh, wealthy wealthy owners. It, yeah. It's just not a sustainable business model. Not, you don't not, have to be a businessman to know that. Level. No, at no level. At no level, because you, know, you look at the likes... Um, of Charlton who have had back-to-back owners who can't afford them. You've got uh, Wigan in a terrible situation. Uh, slightly different, but yeah, nonetheless. Yeah. Bury, Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, we're not going to sit here and pretend that we know the ins and outs of this. And The, club have, the club have said they are going to do a Q&A on this at some point. I think they're waiting for further clarification on yeah. what actually they can and can't say or what they can and can't do with it. So it'll be interesting to see when it comes out but for us as football fans I guess we just got to step back and see what happens with it whether yeah. we agree with it or not as it's ongoing it, you know we're not going to sit here and pretend to know the ins and outs of it all so we'll discuss it in a future podcast when when that all becomes a little bit more settled and a little bit more um, sorted out really yeah. so yeah so Monday the 10th of August the club announced its pre-season fixture schedule as follows so Saturday 15th of August would be Reading under 23s at home at 1pm Wednesday the 19th of August was TBC and we'll come to that shortly. Saturday the 22nd of August, Emily Nussbaum is five years old but mm. enough about that. We will be playing Northampton Town away, kicking off at 1pm. Tuesday the 25th of August, West Ham under 23s at home at 7pm. Saturday 29th of August is still TBC with the last pre-season fixture coming on Monday the 31st of August. Mm. Bishop Stortford away. Wednesday the 12th of August as we move on Ross Embleton took to the official website to praise the work of Royal Sartoria in training. We've been consistent in the fact we wanted Royal to stay and now it's about trying to make sure we get him signed. Yeah so that's still moving along nicely at this point. Thursday the 13th of August the EFL revealed that the League 2 fixture list will be revealed at 9am on Friday the 21st of August. So not long to wait now to find out who the O's will be up against. Absolutely. I mean, um, hopefully it's not, well, it doesn't matter as a fan in terms of, there's no journey to make, but, you yeah. know, recent years we've seen Carlisle away, we've seen some mental ones, but then I really, oh. Cheltenham at home last year, I know that was obviously mitigating circumstances, but that was such an enjoyable game in terms of the weather was out, seeing everyone. Had and we'd have played that by now. We'd, yeah. played, we'd played yeah. that game this time last year. Yeah, we'd, we'd be playing our not. third game or something. Yeah, now, yeah, absolutely. So we look forward to 9am seeing who the O's get for the first game of their League 2 campaign. So we're going to move on to Friday the 14th of August. The club finally announced that Royal Sotoriu has signed a new two-year contract with the club, bringing an end to a drawn-out period of contract discussions. 
Ruel said, it's been a long time coming, but obviously I'm delighted to be at the club where it all started and now I can't wait to kick on. Yeah, Ruel went on to say, pre-season has been tough and gruelling, but we have our first running tomorrow to get more match fitness, which is important. I'm a forward and I like to score goals and hopefully I can keep doing this and help the team win. So excellent news. I'm personally glad that he's seen sense or his agent has seen sense and he's told him to sign with us. Even if he comes to an, if he's come to an agreement with the club similar to Bonds and he goes in a year, we'll get a proper fee. If he stays here for a couple of years and helps fire us up the league and, and does good things and he moves on, great. But it's good to finally get this saga put to bed. Yeah, it's good news. I mean, last season, you look, you got five goals in ten league games. That's yeah. one in two. Yeah, that's good. really good. Yeah, And some of those were appearances as substitutes as well. So it's a good return for a striker. You know, we've spoken about him on the pod before. He's young, he's hungry, he's pretty selfish at points. But you need to be like that as a young striker. Yeah. He's full of confidence. It's what we don't have in the team Done very well at Dover. He's a different option to yeah. Wilkinson. He's a different option to Angle. And he's a different option to Johnson. So... For me, I'm happy. Hopefully, he'll have a fantastic season and we can sit here this time next year going, all right, he scored 20 goals. So-and-so came in for him. We've got a million quid for him. Good luck. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. So we'll see loads of tweets on this one. PM31970 tweeted us and said, fantastic news. Common sense prevails. Ollie underscore Sonnenfeld tweeted us a few times, but one of them was obviously good news, but feels a little strange given the circumstances. Yeah, Jboy444 says, lovely news. Time to step up to the plate. Goals time. Uh, Trousers Techno said, great and well done to LOFC and welcome back into the fold with Royal Satoru. Expecting big things from you this season. Yeah, Alan Golic said, really great news. Could be just what we need to push for the playoffs. Great news, says Spenno011, said obviously Orient wanted him to stay, which tells me he's going to improve and help us challenge for promotion at some stage. Exciting prospect who we must back. We must back. Forget about the past week. Let's look forward. Yeah, this is a new Twitter handle to me. PD006P said, glad he's staying. Just hope Ross plays him consistently. The lad is hungry for goals and, from what I've seen, would make an excellent partner for Johnson, who I thought was greatly improving before lockdown and again we're going to talk about squad in the next podcast because you know everyone I think has a very different version of what their starting 11 and what their formation will be which is an interesting um, yeah Bendy Bollard said it's good news we can all see Royal's potential and he's massively pushed on last season if he does the business he will play in the championship just like Josh and McCauley have yeah Lube 84 so I'll get behind him like any player that pulls on your own shirt and I hope people back him and now it's a done deal we just need to move on but I also feel Royal's agent was badly advising him. So that covers Royal Satorio. Royal is an O. The club also announced uh, on Friday another pre-season fixture that's going to be played on Wednesday the 19th of August. That's this Wednesday as you're listening to this probably. Tottenham Hotspur's under-23 squad will visit Brisbane Road to play uh, to play us in the first ever JE3 Foundation Cup. Yeah, lovely news, great news, great to see you know the respect from the two clubs. Such a shame there won't be a crowd. You know they would have yeah. easily sold out Brisbane Road for this without a shadow of a doubt. They could have donated all that money to the JE3 Foundation. Imagine how much money they would have done in oh, a one-off program, yeah. one-off shirt for the clubs to wear. But you know that's out of their hands. But great to see, and hopefully this becomes an annual fixture or biannual fixture I know obviously the appeal for Tottenham Hotspur to play a League 2 club is nowhere near the international demand what they can yeah. get from going to wherever but hopefully this turns into something that we can do at least every other year and raise as much money for the J3 Foundation and get as much money for them as possible and remember obviously the fantastic Justin Edinburgh 
Absolutely. Two clubs he held close to his heart. Yeah. So we move on then to Saturday the 15th of August. Yesterday as we record this um, this podcast, the first friendly of the season took place as we entertained Reading's under-23s. Head coach Ross Embleton told Sky Sports pre-match that we'll look to create a link with Reading for potential loan players. So it is a great opportunity. At the time I was thinking, where's this come from? Yeah. And you're like, Jabby Macho, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, you know, great. You assume... You would imagine, yeah. It might be Danny Sender. He might know someone on the coaching staff at... Or Matt Harrell might know someone on the coaching staff at at Reading. Because football's an incestuous game, so everyone knows everyone. Pretty much. So we were told, and Ross had alluded to it, there was going to be quite a lot of changes throughout the game. The starting 11... Yeah, absolutely. The starting 11 was Lawrence Vigoru in goal with Miles Judd, Josh Coulson, Shadrach Ogie and Joe Willowson in the defence with Usise, Craig Clay and Josh Wright in the midfield. With Connor Wilkinson, Danny Johnson, and a trialist who we believe to be Shaq Coltfurst. I mean, you've seen the videos now on it. It's pretty evident that it is Shaq Coltfurst. I mean, he played for the O's five years ago. I couldn't tell more you. than that. Again, I, it's not a player that I'm too familiar with. I'm just going on people going, oh, it's Shaq. And we go, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. Nice one. Yeah. Did a lot of um, loans through Tottenham. We got him first from Tottenham. We were the first club that Spurs loaned him out to. Um, and then he went on a load of different loans and I think he joined Peterborough permanently and then he's joined Barnet and that so Danny Senders probably brought him in so yeah, Ross can, point. can have a look at him so the second uh, squad so sorry uh, moving on then to the first half this after Connor Wilkinson shot wide early on and Danny Johnson headed wide in the 11th minute the Orient took the lead in the 25th minute as Craig Clay volleyed in a Josh Wright cross and having had an opportunity to look at the highlights of that game, it was really good patient build-up play. Reading were defending in good shape, and it was a good run from Josh that that allowed that pass to come in. A superb cross from him and and Craig Clay watched that come in and and did really well to finish that because I've seen that go to Rosehead on more than. It's not something you say too occasion. often that a good finish from Craig Clay doesn't <laughs> score that many goals, but. Took it well, good assist from Josh, nice goal. So yeah, one up, Lawrence Figaro had to be alert on the half-hour mark, as he say, from Jose at the near post. In the 37th minute, Josh Wright almost made it too. His volley hit the post, it made an absolute fud yeah. when it hit the post. Few of them. But didn't go the right way. And just before half-time, Jose missed a great chance for Reading, meaning the O's went in 1-0 up at half-time. There were no subs at half-time, but on the hour mark, the O's made numerous changes, meaning the team now lined up with Sam Sargent in goal, Ling, Turley, Happy, Brophy, Dayton, J&D, McEnough, and then Dennis, Angle, and the trialist um, started up top. So in the 66th minute, it was almost 2-0 as the Reading keeper saved from Louis Dennis and Lee Angle before the ball was cleared off the line. I mean, that was quite unlucky there. Um, but Lee Angle wrapped up the win in the 89th minute with a header from a peach of a Joby McEnough cross to make it 2-0, which is how the match finished. That was real class from Joby. Outside of the boot, he was kind of awkwardly air, uh, sort of footed, if you like, and he just managed to sort of lift it high enough. Um, and, and score yeah so good it was all good Ross Embleton said after the game I was really impressed with the way the boys applied themselves during the game he said a lot more than that but we're quite conscious of the time here yeah I mean good for me to see most of the squad being used in this one I mean you look at the both lineups and there's not really anyone who stands out for not being played so good game time for everyone Ruel Ruel yeah he's probably a bit short on match fitness than the, the rest possibly but a win a clean sheet assist for Josh and for Joby, goals for Clay and Leangol. I mean, as a striker, it's a dream for Angol to get yep. a goal in his first pre-season. Friendly, Confidence, good workout. Yeah. You know, and a, good to see a possible relationship developing with Reading. I mean, 
again, they Orient Unfiltered, which is a new kind of highlights package. That was good. Club, I thought that was really good. Yeah. And the thing that came across in that for me was that, and again, we alluded to it earlier in the podcast, that Ross Embleton doesn't look like an assistant head coach anymore. He doesn't talk like one. No, he's his demeanour is different He's got now, a different demeanour. He's got a mm. different tone to his voice as well. Yeah. Listen to his voice. It's a different tone. And he looks now and he's talking because, like a boss, like a boss because Ross Embleton is, is the boss. The boss. Very interesting. But, you know, it wasn't until I saw it. I've heard him speak off camera, on camera in the interviews. And because we know Ross, we may be don't see him as a manager all the time but in that or on filter clip I thought yeah that is Ross Embleton the manager and when he talks people were listening he's got the attention of everyone which is how it should be as a manager so I really enjoyed that's one onto the media team um, for those clips yeah for me saw the highlights and the goals were good nice run out for the players to get the cobwebs off never one to read into pre-season results but winning games breeds a winning mentality um, so yeah, all good. Um, so after the game, I was lucky enough to get to speak to O's midfielder Josh Wright on the phone for about 20-23 minutes, uh, covered all sorts of different things and here's what Josh had to say. If the tech work. Josh, thank you very much indeed uh, for for joining us. Um, it's it's obviously been a while since uh, since we've spoken to anyone at the club or or done a podcast of ourselves. So first things first, how have you been during lockdown? Yeah, listen. Uh, like anyone, there were probably some tough periods, boring periods, tedious periods, and and many other words that we could use. But listen, we in some occasion in terms of the world there's not many times that everyone's dealing with the same issue or the same circumstance like this one and pretty much every person in the world give or take were and uh, listen there were some positives there were some negatives like anything in in life but I used it to my advantage I kept myself active as much as I could whether that be jumping around the front room with my missus and two dogs uh, trying to keep fit and, and stay sane or when at times we were allowed from the government guidelines to get out in the local park or the road and, and exercise, whether it be run, bike, uh, walk, do anything I could to just to keep myself fit and active because for a lot of it, we obviously didn't know when uh, when we'd be back in and, and how that would all be. So you had to stay ready at one point before maybe would we finish the season or when would the next season start. And look, I made the most of it. I've also uh, set up uh, with my brother, which you've obviously probably seen, we, we, we try to help a lot of other people, which we have in the end, thousands of people, uh, thousands of people to keep fit and, and help themselves, you know, to better themselves as people in terms of this train right that we've done. And, and that obviously helped me and benefited me to stay fit and lean and, and burn body fat every day. But we did it to help others that obviously struggled to get to the gym on the best of times, especially during the lockdown and, and, and since from then. So, look, I, I would like to take the positives out of it because I feel fit, I feel strong mentally and physically, and I've also opened the door to something else to do on the side at the right time. Obviously, my brother will do the majority of it because he has more time in his hands and, and, and my career and my job doesn't allow me to do that because football's my priority. But uh, no, I feel proud with that and 
as I say, to, to, to conclude it, times, there were certain times that were tough, but in other times I felt I benefited and, and progressed myself as a person and, and, and benefited from having more time on my hands, if you like. But it's been very, very pleasing to be back in at work and around the boys and staff uh, back at the club. Fantastic. So pre-season's been a little bit different this year, but, but from what you're saying, you've obviously gone back probably as fit or strong or stronger for the rest that you've had. So how's pre-season been this year compared to, to other years when you've gone back? Obviously, we know you guys all got tested for uh, the the virus, and, and thank God that all came back negative. So, what other what what's been different this year compared to sort of previous years? Um, to be brutally honest, not loads, but. It's just certain things that we, we had to adapt. So for the early parts of the first couple of weeks, there was testing every few days, which you probably heard from other people. Not quite, not the most pleasant of things, but we had to do it. Uh, so you get tested two, three days, get our results that uh, the next day, if you like. We've not really used the changing room much, not used the showers. We've not had any food uh, provided for us. We've had to provide our own food, our own packed lunches or meal prep type things. We've been based outside a lot. The weather's helped. So we've been able to spend a lot of time outside in the mornings before we start. When we do our prep work, has been outside. A lot of our gym work's been outside. And we've just made do with, with what we've had, you know. So we've sort of kept our distance at times, but we've been tested. We've been able to get a little bit competitive and, and go up against each other as time's gone on in training. And it's just what I'd say, Paul, it's been, it's been a longer... And dragged's probably not the right word, but it's been a, a longer sustained uh, pre-season, whereas you'd probably come in, ease in the first day or two, and then blast the life out of it for maybe a couple of weeks where you're running non-stop or you're doing long double sessions. What the coaches are from the medical side of things, sports science, Mikey and everyone else has been able to do is spread it out where they've worked us hard without like sort of overdoing us because they've had a longer period we've been in four weeks now before we've really had our first game mm. alright we had the in-house game it's not quite the same although you get some out of it we've done a lot more football we've done our runs without overdoing the runs but a credit to everyone and I mean this everyone everyone come back in a fantastic shape uh, physically and mentally everyone was eager to get going everyone wanted to play football and everyone wanted to work hard and, and, and keep up what they've done in the off season you know and the lockdown period because it seems like everyone used it to keep fit and keep strong and we've come back in and we've made the staff's life easier because they've not had to deal with anyone who's unfit or getting injured and it's made our life easier so all I would say is it's just been a few changes we've had to do over time but we're lucky that we've got a fantastic facility is in Chibwell where we train at the weather's been a blessing for us as well and it's just been a bit of a longer period in terms of until our first game comes so all being well then it should be a less injury uh, season this year if everyone's been able to be managed a little bit differently fingers crossed I mean obviously the rigour of the season will will, will tell I mean I'm assuming you're probably going to be playing two games a week for the the next few uh, few months I'd imagine but that is the only thing Paul is that we obviously read it between the lines in the week we're looking at what is it 11 league midweek games with potentially at least and I mean at least because I'm pleased God I'm sure we'll have a good couple of at least one or two cup runs this year Mm. so we're looking at with the three trophy games the Carabao Cup games that's at least four and then uh, I don't know if the FA Cup's going to be on a weekend or a uh, or a midweek but if we can progress in them we're looking at we're going to have a lot of midweek games so it's going to be a case of squad rotation obviously people that play more for more risk of getting injury repeating Saturday Tuesday all the time mm. so I'm sure there'll be cases of uh, there'll be a lot of change, not a lot of changes but just looking after the players you know because the staff and, and the, boss, the boss has come out and said sort of in-house that we're going to have to be very cautious of how we uh, 
on how, how, how many games we play, if you like, and, and, and having to rotate a little bit more than usual seasons. But that gives competition again. That gives us that gives us options to in terms of mixing the players up, but also players excelling themselves to try and stay in that team because no one no one likes to be rotated, although we know it's going to have to happen. But at the same time, if you're playing well, you're scoring goals, getting assists, or, or helping the team, you've got more chance of staying in the team, if you like, because that's what it's all about, playing football games. So everyone ups their game by that extra one, two, three, whatever percent to um, t- to be the one that isn't rotated. Fair, yeah, fair, fair of point. One of, one of the other most different things that's probably um, everyone's experience is the fact that we had a, a Premier League, Champions League and probably every other cup that you can probably imagine winning player in Yaya Toure turning up at the training ground. How was, how was that and did you pick up anything from him? Was he able to impart anything to help your game at all? Or? Yeah, do you know what, Paul? It was a uh... An absolute pleasure to uh, to have him in. Whether he comes back now, I don't know. Obviously, time will tell. Mm. But just to, and this sounds maybe a little bit strange, but just to watch and, and look at him, you know, in terms of, hang on, this is Yaya Toure. This isn't, no disrespect to any other Premier League footballer, but there's Premier League footballers and then there's the elite Premier League footballers yeah. or, or footballers in the world. And he's fallen into that elite category. You name it, he's been there, he's done it, he's played with, he's played under. And it was an absolute pleasure. And I think it's a credit to the football club in, in the way that they did it, because I don't think many would have accepted or... or or t- not taking the risk, but you never know how these things can work out, you know. So the way I look at it was it benefited Yaya because he came in and trained and, and got his head down, worked hard. He was fantastic around the place with talking to us and telling us stories and, and giving us guidance and, and just and, and just being able to listen to him, let him know train with him was, was an absolute pleasure and something that we could all take and learn from. And then the club have benefited because they've helped to... Uh, a footballing legend, if you like, and it's given the club a lot of publicity and, and PR, and it worked for everyone. So if that's his, if that's his time done, good luck to him, and we can obviously thank him, and I'm sure he thanks us. If he comes back in, then even more so, it'd be fantastic to do a bit, little bit more work with him. Cool, that's really cool. One, one to tell the grandkids in the future. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now moving on to uh, today, as we we're talking straight after the Reading Under 23s game. You played in the. If I'm right in, in what I've seen, you played the first 60 minutes of this against Correct. Reading today. Yeah, how was that for you? Yeah, do you know what? It was, uh, as I just touched upon earlier on, Paul, the football games is what it's all about. The actual yeah. matches. Listen, we, we all enjoy training. We all enjoy going in, working hard and, and trying things and seeing it come off. And madly, I'm not sure you probably haven't seen the goal yet, but no. uh, obviously, I say between us, it's, it's evident, which I'm about to say, something that we're working a lot with the number eights, if you like, in a position that uh, I'll probably most likely play a lot of my games in this year. And I played with Craig Clay today. Something that we work on in terms of runs and times absolutely come off to a tee today and I got put in, uh, picked Craig out with the ball, Craig stuck it in the back of the net very well and that's the pleasure of working so hard on the training ground and then seeing it unfold in, in actual games. So that's what it's all about in terms of training but the actual game today was a very good run out. Uh, against a decent young Reading side but they came they tried to play like these under 23 teams do that's the way they're brought up and the way football's going and we worked very hard we were very good on the ball we worked hard off the ball and uh, it was an enjoyable run out as you say I had 60 minutes the other 11 had 30 Uh, we all come through I believe unscathed in terms of injuries and uh, that's what it's all about at this 
moment in time pre-season it's about getting the minutes under the belt getting getting shot because no matter how much you train you can't beat match minutes and at the same time it's always good to win football games so to start off with a win and a clean sheet uh, was very very pleasing I'm sure for the boss the staff and certainly us as players and the confidence that exudes from that Leanne goal getting on the score sheet again it's not really so much about the result it's really te- trying and testing stuff that you've been learning in training out so um, you know oh exactly and, yeah. and it was a, and it was a header and uh, I believe the forwards have been doing a lot of work on that and Matty Harold, I believe was over the moon when uh, well actually looked mm-hmm. at him because I was offline when Lee Angle scored the header he yeah. was buzzing in the stands because he's been doing a lot of work with them so again Matty will take credit for that and that's what it's all about that's why we do it and that's why we're in the game because we get a buzz out of it absolutely now you, you mentioned obviously a lot of familiar names there there's, there's been very little turnover of the playing staff how beneficial is that for us heading into into the new season sorry into the new season there's been obviously last season there was very little turnover as well I mean obviously we've lost a few Matty Harold is an exception to that rule but you know we've lost sort of three players yeah, I'll, so, yeah. I'll be brutally honest Paul uh, I think and I don't want to I'm talking to you I'm talking to we're one big family as fans and this is what it's all about I think it's fantastic that we can interact with the fans and it's for us but I honestly believe it's a massive leg up it's a massive advantage that we as a club at this level have kept hold of 20 to 25 first team footballing pros you know that are uh, at least, I don't know, 18, 20 of them have, have played a certain amount of first-team games. And we've got that core, whereas last year, or going back, if you look at a lot of teams at this level, I'm hearing some have got three, five, eight, ten max signed players. And they're now looking at 10 to 15 new signings. But mm. it becomes very difficult for the players trying to get clubs. The clubs then get desperate, try and sign them maybe on a cheap or a little bit worried with all the uh, pandemic that we've been dealing with. And then maybe sign the wrong players. But what we've got, we've got a core of players that uh, have been together for long enough now. I've still got that core of the uh, champion, uh, the, the champions that won the national league, and uh, and now I've got the boys that come in this time last summer, including myself, that are bedded in. All know each other very, very well now. Obviously, last season was very, very difficult all the way through, starting with the absolute obvious that. No one will ever get over, but obviously things slightly ease and, and you adapt as time goes on. But we're a much, much more settled group now, right away from the minute we've come in. The, uh, the, the owners have to take, and Martin Ling has to take humongous credit for how this is all, how this is all planned out. Because no, they didn't know there was a pandemic coming, but at the same time, regardless of a pandemic, it's always good to go into the off-season slash pre-season, new season with a group of players and a core of a group that you know that know each other and are going to be together and, and, and know how each other works. So, saying that on top of how the owners have worked, the owners have been absolutely tremendous in terms of staying in touch with us throughout uh, the pandemic and the off-season lockdown. Uh, Zoom calls every single week, once a week, and uh, keeping us up to date with all things finance, scrupling side of things, sponsorships, moving forward, how things are going. It's just kept us in the loop and it's kept us together as, I say that word again, a family, and that's what this club is. So it's a massive credit. I know I've gone off track there slightly, <laughs> but you, you, you're you asking me about how important it is that we've got a group of players and a, a big basically a whole squad that know each other. Mm. It's humongous and I feel that's a real advantage going into the start of the season. 
massive attraction for anyone that does come in that they'll get that warm welcome and be able to sort of gel pretty quickly which I which I personally think is, is massively important and everyone gets to know each other's games um, absolutely so um Obviously, for the first however many weeks of the season, you won't be playing in front of crowds. What, what, do you, what impact do you think that will have on you guys as players? I mean, obviously, today is a, is a prime example of playing in an empty stadium, so it's a bit of a taster, and I think pre-season will give you that taster. But when it actually comes to the, the crux of an actual competitive football league game, do you think that's really going to impact you guys, or do you guys block out the noise of the crowd and don't take you know that account? Do you know what, mate? I, I, I've been asked this question probably more or as much as maybe one or two other questions I'm glad I didn't disappoint you then no 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 and and listen it is what it is and it's an interesting question because Mm. I don't think right now we know but at the same time in my honest opinion and I'm not just talking for myself here I'm talking for I hope the majority who are in a competitive industry like we are that when it comes to you being out on a football pitch mate whether it be in training or on a Saturday afternoon with three points at stake or the next round at stake, mm. when it comes to you versus your man next to you or you versus that other 11 in that tunnel, it's 11 v 11, it, it's, or 18 18, whatever you want to look at, it's you versus them to win that football game, not just for yourself, for the club, the fans, the team, everyone. So will the crowd affect that we've not got it? I think at times, because I love crowd, I love fans, I love playing when the fans, like all you do, get behind us and cheer us on and when that ball it's the back of the net and I see you all celebrating and we're celebrating with you come on that is what football's about so will we miss it of course we will but at the same time there's pressures with sometimes fans some people thrive off it which I feel I do some people might quite like the fact that they can relax that little bit more and it might make them play better but all I would say to it is we don't know yet we play today like we've done many times in friendlies that there's not many fans there we'll all give it our all I wasn't thinking about at that time when I was going up against my man or trying to find a path or crossing the ball for Craig to score his goal at that time it was all about doing what was best for that so there'll be pros and cons to it I think it's going to take time to adapt but at the same time it's all about winning football games Paul and it's all about doing the best for yourself and we'll have to adapt to it hopefully it's not for too long and uh, time will tell how it feels um We've had a couple of, well, one contract extension and, and, and a new guy uh, that was on loan with us last year, say How big a deal do you think it is that Ruel has signed his extension and, and how important for us was it to get Oos to sign on the dotted line? Yeah, look, starting with Ruel, uh, I've got a great relationship with Ruel uh, on and off the field. Uh, he's a young boy. He's got a fantastic future ahead of him. He needs to be advised in the right way like we all do. If I knew what I knew now back then, then I believe things could be different. And I think everyone in the world could say that. But he, I don't know why and what went on during the summer. He's obviously had his, had his head turned. And right, I say rightly so. The boy did well. He's a young boy and he's got, as I say, a bright future ahead of him. But he's done the best thing in committing his future to a top football club that's run better than any other football club I've been at. I'm sure he will get minutes, I'm sure he will get goals, and I'm sure, as I say, he's got a great future ahead of him. So, for him to do that is a fantastic boost for himself, but also a fantastic boost for us as a team and us as a club, because he's only going to benefit us, because the boy's a very, very good footballer, and I love playing with him. Uh, we've got a great, we link up very well, and uh, hopefully long may that continue. So, that's that's brilliant that he's done that. And on top of that, to, to 
sign to keep Cease and sign him on a permanent. You can look at it as a new signing, but you can look at it as a bit of what we just touched upon five minutes ago. It's someone that we all know. It's someone that we all know how he works. Mm. He's a great lad off the pitch. He's a very, very nice boy. Uh, he's a very good footballer. He does what he does in that role, in that job. He allows us as number eight, if that's where we're going to play, to be able to get on and get in and around the box and try and get goals and assists. And it's a fantastic signing. He's a presence in there. And uh, it's a great coup from the club again that they got it done, I believe. We were, there was a little bit of competition, but as the football club does, they do what they do, they go about their things in the right way, and a credit to Martin and the board for getting it done, and uh, it's a fantastic signing. Excellent. Good to hear that from an in, internal, per, you know, a player perspective as well. Also, who's new to the club uh, is Danny Sender. Um, presume you may know him from his, from his Millwall, from your Millwall days together. Um, in terms of what Danny's implemented in training and how he's fitted in with the management and stuff, how's that all gone? Do you know what? He's been a he's been a breath of fresh air, Danny. He's come in. He he loves football. He's enthusiastic, which you wanted a coach. He's intense. He's he's a very nice man. He's got that link between the players and then back to the boss and, and the staff. So he's got that uh, link, yeah, as I say, a, a link if you like. But then when it comes to training, he's all about ball speed. He's all about tempo. He's all about wanting the ball, getting on the ball, helping, giving angles, not just one angle, two angles. And his sessions have been fantastic. He's he's got a few good set plays up his sleeve. As I say, he loves training ground and I've really enjoyed working with him so far he's as I say a very nice man I think it's a fantastic appointment from the club obviously they did their homework they did their interviews they chose Danny and so far so good I've loved working with him as have the other boys great excellent um, just a couple of final questions Josh do, do you have any personal targets for the season do you set yourself like oh, I want to get X amount of goals or X amount of assists do you do you sort of have that at the start of the season I always do. Uh, it's something without sounding the wrong way. It's something I never really let out in terms of my targets, in terms of uh, what I want. Yes, I want, uh, to answer your question, yes, I want goals. Yes, I want assists. Uh, I want to play football matches. Paul, I love playing football games. It's what I touched on earlier on. It's what I'm in it for. Uh, there's nothing better than walking in that stadium on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday night, wherever it is, getting your strip on, getting that smell, getting that feel, going out there, giving it everything you've got, and then picking up those three points or picking up a positive result to go home, put your feet up, sit with your wife, your kids if you've got them, or dogs, getting a takeaway, treating yourself, whatever it might be, or you might have an event that night. And There's nothing better than that, Paul. So it's all about, for me, is getting as many minutes as I can, as many games, getting goals, getting assists. And the truth of the matter is, I'm going to say it, I don't like to template. I believe we've got a real, real good chance this year of having a very positive season. I'm not going to turn around and say we're going to win the league, we're going to finish fourth, sixth, wherever. Right. But I genuinely believe we've got a fantastic chance of being at the right end of the table, being in the areas where we want to be and can be successful. So I think you know the area I'm talking about, the areas I'm talking about. Mm. And to conclude it, to conclude the question that you've asked, I'm a, I'm a type of player that, listen, like anyone, everyone has opinion on players. I do, everyone in the world does. That's the beauty of the game. There's no right, there's no wrong sometimes. And I'm one of them that, I'm not going to go into stats or, or this and that, but if there was a to ever come out, I'm always one that runs a lot in terms of gets around the pitch. I know I'm not the quickest and the most explosive type of players, but I, I've got 
I've got energy, I've got drive, desire. I want to give it my all every game, and, and, and I love playing for Leighton Orient Football Club. It's uh, it's pretty much a dream in terms of the location where I am, playing in front of you fans, playing for family, friends who support them, and I would love to spend many, many years at Leighton Orient from now, from now moving forwards. And so with that, my aim for this year is to obviously be successful for myself and the team, but to earn myself a new contract with a lot of us being out of contract come the end of this season with the difference of this year. So I want to try and earn myself a new deal here and stay here for many years to come. Well, you've answered my final question, actually, and what your expectations are this season. So, absolutely bang on the money. Josh, thank you very much for giving up your time uh, for the podcast. It's great to, uh, to have you on, and as soon as it's safe to do so, we'd love, uh, love to have you uh, come in live and, uh, and sit with us for, for a couple of hours one evening and, and do a podcast with us. But we wish you every, every success for this season. I'd love, I'd love to come in. Cool. I'd love to come in. And then, listen, what you guys do is a fantastic thing. I think it's brilliant. It shows what the club fans and, and we're all about. And it sounds a little bit, I don't know what you want to call it, but I, I will say it again. I've been at many clubs that aren't, but this is one big family and we all want one thing. There's been some tough times over the last so many years. We all know that. We've steadied the ship now. We've got a great chance and we've used behind us when you're allowed back in the stadium, please God, not too long from now. But even before that, with the activeness on social media with how much things get about and what we see, keep support as you do gives us a, gives us another advantage another boost and we give everything we've got and let's hope we can be celebrating come the end of next season Thanks again to Josh Wright. That was uh, about 23 minutes, I think, all in. But he does cover everything supremely well about his aspirations for the season, wanting to get a new contract, um, and obviously the impact that Danny Senders had, Ruel, how he's quite... Um, um, supportive and, and mentor-like to Ruel. I'm not sure, I can't remember if he said that on there, but I think I, he, he told me. So, you know, there's a lot lot to come out of that. What are your first thoughts? That was amazing. I mean, that was the first time I'd heard that. I think, first of all, I think we need to say thanks to Luke, Dan and Josh um, yep. for making the interview happen. But I thought Josh came across incredibly well, really, really well-spoken, covered everything that I guess we would want to be covered. It sounds like he's more than ready for the upcoming season and yeah. fully expects us to be up there which is a fan you can only kind of go okay that's what we want to hear yeah. now we, we need to see it on the pitch but incredible to hear Josh finally make it on Outlook podcast debut and you know like you mentioned hopefully we can get him around the table or on the phone for an episode at some point in the future but a massive thank you like we just said to Luke Dan and Josh for making that happen and that brings us up to date as we sit here or an Outlook Podcast Towers at 10pm on Sunday, the 16th of August. Absolutely, a sponsorship reminder. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you need to visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter. That's ads with a Z for all your plastering and rendering needs. That is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode 214. The O's were back in training and in action again as the new season is now only three weeks away. We've got the Carabao Cup on the 5th of September. Yeah, so after the news that Marvin Ekpeteta had left the club, Usise signed following his loan spell. Rusatiru finally signed a two-year contract and our first pre-season friendly ended in a 2-0 win as the pre-season fixtures now start to come thick and fast. <coughs> and it'll be interesting to see whether any additions are made to the squad or if there will be anyone leaving as Ross... Danny and the management staff will be focused on getting the players fit and ready for the upcoming season, which we just said starts in just three weeks. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, 
add this podcast to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. And again, if you have a Google Echo, an Amazon Alexa, any kind of smart speaker, just shout at it, play the Orient Outlet podcast, and our beautiful tones will come on to your beautiful smart speakers. And if you have an older relative or a loved one or an Orient chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and please pass the pod. With people on lockdown or people staying home, the chance for you guys to introduce fellow Orient fans to the podcast who might not have listened before has never been higher and hopefully this has given you all some kind of enjoyment and an appetite to get yeah. ready for the forthcoming football season. I know, you know, sitting here speaking to you for the first time about Orient in since a month Mid-June, and a half yeah. in our braces kit and in your black shirt, I feel pumped now and ready for the football season to start and I'm looking forward to our next podcast. We've had a long, in six years that we've been doing this, is obviously the longest time yeah. that we've not really done a podcast, like in a proper like run of, run of weeks. Also, I think uh, a lot, a lot of people have been listening to lots of different podcasts as well. I've picked up a few new uh, oh. podcasts along the way. Your fantastic podcast, thank you very much. Yeah, is one of them. Um, brilliant. If anyone is of a generation who knows about Desert Island Discs, this is a modern day twist of that. I think it's fantastic. I was honoured to be the first guest, but you've had some tremendous guests on that. Who's the latest one that's going out this we week? We have got, so Steve Foster, the Chief Scout from Orient. If any Orient fans, I've had Ross Embleton on, and like Paul has said, Paul was my first guest. So the Fantastical Podcast, the music podcast, my side project, is available on Spotify, uh, on Anchor, and on iTunes. Again, it's all about talking to people about music and collating their fantasy festivals. Paul was the first one in. It was the Rocking the Trance Festival. Yeah. I won't spoil any of the acts, but that was most enjoyable. So again, if you've got any spare time, please give that a listen. I would love for more people to listen, as I would for, for this podcast. Absolutely. So we will be back with we episode will. 215 in three weeks' time on Sunday, the 6th of September, with all the information and views that you could ever need. So once again, a massive thank you to Josh Wright for coming on the podcast. I love that. Thank you to Dan and for Luke for making that happen. But we look forward to hearing from you over the next three weeks. And as always, keep calm, have a great few weeks, stay safe, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.